Welcome to Other Than Sports. Each episode features a unique guest who shares lessons learned through sport, their career path, where they are now, and what they're excited about for the future. You'll hear perspectives and examples that inspire and show that regardless of where you are on your own journey, you're not alone. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome uh, to another episode of Other Than Sports. Tonight, we are joined by Tim Schofield. Tim is a, a former collegiate golfer uh, turned YouTube influencer, uh, so to say. Uh, Tim works uh, essentially in the, in the tech field. I, I encourage folks to go out and check his page. He's got over 800,000 subscribers, I, I believe, last time I checked him and, you know, continue on that success. But So uh, really appreciate Tim coming out tonight and talking to us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll kickstart things. I think Tim really is, uh, I would love just, you know, if you can give a background of yourself and, and you know, how this journey started, uh, I think in particular folks would be interested at, it is such a leap of faith, I think, to go out there. And I, I think what's interesting, and I've talked about it with uh, my wife when, when we first met you is just, you started, I think, doing this before it was a thing, you know, before it was a, the trendy thing was to go out and, and to do these types of you know, YouTube videos or, or Dave and Chris, you know, p- piggybacking off the podcast trend ourselves. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, you know, would love Fellow to content hear. creators. <laughs> I, there we go. Uh, uh, so, yep. Yeah, just really excited to hear like how that journey started and what we you know what really drove you to just say, hey, let me just go start this. This is something that, you know, I'm, a, I'm passionate about. Yeah, of course. It's something I'm very grateful for. And I've honestly very lucky to have you know gotten into it as early as i as i did and like you said it wasn't a career path back then when i started this was i've been doing this for 11 years now so i started it back in college um you know was was a collegiate golfer so i was always balancing school golf practice tournaments and starting this business at the time it wasn't necessarily a business it was something i was just doing for fun i grew up always loving technology um you know but building computers, things like that growing up. It's just always been a love of mine. So that transitioned really well into when phones started coming out. It was, you know, touchscreen phones. I saw those and was like, this is easily the the, the most like game-changing thing in the tech space has seen in a really long time. And so from there, just had a huge passion for, you know, Android phones to start. Um, especially because there were so many different ones, iPhones, there was just, you know, one every year, but with Android phones, you had so many different manufacturers. Um, but you know, at the time it was just out of the love for the technology, creating videos, just being a part of a community, uh, getting to know people that also had shared passion for technology and, um, a way for me to share my love for it was just making videos. And they were really bad when I first started, I'll go back and look at my old videos and they're, I cringe sometimes watching them, but it, it, which is hilarious because I was never good at public speaking. I, I, I hated speech class. I was not good at it. It was just something that I, throughout my journey, I had to learn so many different aspects of things like video recording. I never knew how to, you know, edit a video or then think about lighting, think about, you know, all the hardware that goes into it. It, it just, it's been a lot of fun, the journey, because it's not just, you know, everything and you start and you're just really good at it. It's something that you really need to work at over time. And it's, you're just only going to get better though. The more you do it, I would sit, uh, my family makes fun of me. I was in uh, my sister's dorm practicing. I, I was, I just had like, there was a bag of buns 
that were sitting next to me. And I just talked into the camera, like talking about opening a bag of buns just to practice getting on camera. And that's what I always tell people that ask, like, how do I get better at this? And it's really just time sit in front of the camera and just talk, just talk about whatever it is. Like I'm drinking this glass of water, just over and over and make it more casual and natural. And it's, it's, it's something that takes time because I was not good at it, but from that, yeah. from that point, it was, you know, it, it was great to get in that early. And then, you know, doing it for fun. At some point, Google had called me, they started their YouTube partner program, sharing ad revenue with content creators. And they were like, Hey, do you want to start making money doing this? And, you know, at the time in college, I was like, yeah, some extra beer money, you know, just, and, and, and then what I really wanted out of it was to just take that money and buy new phones because I just wanted to try everything out on the market at the time and keep making more and more videos and just it becoming self-sustaining. I didn't even think that, you know, it would grow to what, to where it is now. I, I, you know, I wish I could say I had the foresight to say, oh yeah, it was going to be this huge industry. I will say, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest thing that I always tell people to do if they're looking to get into something like what I do is to make sure you go to the events that are industry specific, like tech events, like CES. Um, You know, if you can get into launch events, make sure you go and show your face, build that trust with the brand, with the, with the PR. And that was the biggest thing for me. I was like 19 years old, you know, in college, I went to CES for the first time in Vegas and I had no idea what I was doing, but I set up meetings with every single phone manufacturer. They had no idea who I was, but I, I got in with a press pass and you know set up meetings with every single one. And at the time, they were only used to working with traditional media, press. Mm-hmm. And I sat in these meetings and had to sit down and explain what now nowadays what an influencer is and yeah. just sat there and said, hey, here's the reach that I'm getting. I'm getting more impressions on these mm-hmm. videos than you know some of the top tech websites out there this is something you need to build into your strategy. And it, it was a slow process. And, and again, back to it, my main goal was to just get them to send me a review unit. So I had to, so I could stop paying for the phones that I was reviewing at the time. So it all stemmed from just me really loving the technology and wanting to try everything out. It wasn't necessarily about, you know, building this huge like business and, and doing it full time. It was more about the passion I had for what I was doing. And I think that is one of the biggest things that makes that made it successful is that the the passion comes out when I make the videos, my audience can tell I love what I do. And and and, and that just translates to a better experience when you're on camera and, and you know, the product, it's something that people trust you then because they know you've been doing it for so long. Um, but but nowadays, it's it's much more challenging to get into the influencer space, because there is a career path, so to speak, it's kind of right. it's carved out. <clears throat> Whereas when I was doing it, you kind of had to carve your own way. I didn't really know what I was doing. Because at the time before I graduated college, I was about to, you know, graduate, I, I studied business management, um, obviously played golf, and I wanted to get into something I knew I had a passion for business, but I still to this day don't know I, what I would have chosen if, for my career path, because it's like I could go the route of jumping into a bunch of interviews send my resume out. Um, but then decided, you know, I'm gonna have a lot more free time now that I won't be playing golf anymore. And I won't be going to class. And I'm going to spend, you know, dive into it a full year, maybe two years, depending on how it goes, see if it grows, you know, to a level where I can support myself. And thankfully, I, that, that was the route I took and just out of college decided to jump into it full time and, and, and had to put in the hours. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's better now. But 
back back then I was, you know, working 60, 70 hours some weeks just to make sure I had enough constant content coming out and 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 communicating with the audience and 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 building that community that I have now. So it, it wasn't like it just fell into my lap, but it was nice having a lot more free time. And and you know, going going out of something like golf to go back to the, you know, the sports aspect of it, it's like you specifically golf is so technical and you have to do repetition over and over. So, so that's translated well to what I was doing, especially when it came to editing and, and trying to learn different techniques and things. It, it, it was a skill that you had to teach yourself. And that was a lot of what golf is too, is learning from your mistakes and then teaching yourself on what works best for you on how to fix, you know, fix them. So to me, it was, it, it was, it's been so fun to try and just, you know, learn the, the and navigate things. I found that it's just been very fulfilling and it's, it's grown quite a bit. It started with, you know, just YouTube, it's other social media aspects as well. I do video production in-house for companies. So I'll make videos for their websites. Mm -hmm. uh, I do consulting work quite a bit, um, giving feedback on future products or updates or just, just random UI UX type of things. Um, I've done event hosting speaking at university. So it's opened up a lot of doors as well. Um, just from that core, um, talent that you, that you have yeah. when you're on camera, you know, the, you know, the behind the camera, you know, in front of the camera, you know, around the camera, all of those aspects are things that go into a good production value. And once you start to have that, it opens up a lot more doors. So, but it takes time. It's not as easy as, you know, just pressing record and, and, and going into, as I'm sure you're learning recording podcasts and doing that, it's, it's, it's not nearly as easy to edit the stuff as it's seen as used as some people think. No. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. I, I think it's two things. I'll, I'll turn over to David and Chris, you know, uh, but I thought two things, uh, you know, just from that intro. Well, one, yeah, sorry, I know that was kind of long. Sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, I, there's a lot I can take out of that. Um, I think the one thing, just like a quick anecdote, more like poking fun at myself, but the, the repetition and the public speaking aspect, I know early in my career, um, you know, first time talking or leaving voicemails for, for, you know, folks that are in high positions of power at corporations. And I would do leave the voicemail and hear it back and have to replay or, or re-record like six or seven times before I said to myself, okay, that was a good voicemail, which I'm sure, you know, maybe they don't even listen to, but uh, no, uh, on the other point um, in terms of, I guess, you know, the skills that you picked up and you said like video editing, video recording, all these different, and now, you know, you're in consulting. I always find that interesting, you know, with sports. And I think it's a great connection because, you know, I like to just point out that we pick up skills that we're not even realizing. And I think that's something that you clearly experience is you're, you know, you have a full set resume now, but you're picking up these skills without, you know, again, understanding that you're picking them up with similar to, to sports where I always like the, you know, we hear folks that um, particularly, you know, we, we spoke to some professional athletes uh, on this podcast and that transition where it's, or we, we talked about with Chris one time when he was playing summer ball, but you know, the skills of, Oh, you're just thrown into a new environment when you're on a team and you have to build trust with others and relationships and, and all those different things that you're not thinking about cognitive, like, you know, front of mind. Um, but they are things that athletes do bring to the table. So it's a nice parallel to see that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and what you've done so far. So I'm like, I, I, I'm super interested in like the fact that you talked about like how bad the videos were when you first started. Like, I, I think that's like a really interesting thing because I, you know, like I, I can admit to the fact that 
I've had a ton of amazing ideas and I've just been afraid to like get started on them or like mm-hmm. you, you, you do start uh good example is I thought I was going to build a coffee table and I have failed miserably. Right. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so I can't do it. But like you, you did this thing where you go, I'm not a good public speaker, but I am going to record myself opening up a bag of something or like <laughs> drinking a glass of water. And, and, and the, this concept of public speaking is something that anyone across every industry needs for their career. Like mm-hmm. you need to be able to like be a public speaker. So if I was sitting like in front of you, just like one-on-one being like, Hey, how do I become a better public speaker? Because I love the way that you present in videos. Like, what would you mm-hmm. tell me? Honestly, if, if you want to become a better, better public speaker, it, it comes from experience. You have to, you just, it, I, I think it's it, what I would say is record yourself just doing things and, and listen back and hear yourself talking. Cause it's going to be awkward, but until you get over that hump of, I hate my voice. Cause you know, everyone hears their voice on, on videos and they're like, Oh, I can't stand my voice. You just have to get past it. You have to get past like being embarrassed and, and like you, it's, it's very challenging, but I think when you see yourself over and over and you're just doing it, it starts to become more natural and more normal. So I would try that just, just randomly record yourself doing things. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and don't feel embarrassed whatsoever and potentially show people if you have someone close to you that you're like, Hey, watch this video. What did you think about, you know, the presentation? Cause my sister was a, a good, she will roast me if I do anything, if I say, um, if I, you know, if I do anything wrong and it was a good influence because she was, she was always, you know, judging me for, for the, the way I talk, the way I presented and having someone else, because you can only, you know, judge yourself so much when you're doing it for another audience, because in the end, you're, you're not presenting for yourself, you want to make sure that you're presenting correctly for someone else. But that's what I would recommend. Um, it, it, it's, it's not easy, though. It's a tough skill to it takes takes a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it too, right, is just consistently putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. right? open, exactly. open to the praise, open to the criticism, which you know, I think we all did right as athletes, but for a long time, it was something, you know, we had played it for years and years and we had that built up confidence where regardless of the performance, you know, you were still, you had some foundation of confidence in your ability versus, you know, venturing out on something completely new, having no idea what's going to stick, what's going to land, what's going to flop, which I think, you know, we're, we're all kind of experiencing a little bit as we record this is opening ourselves up mm-hmm. and, and trying to figure out, you know, what's the message? How do we deliver it? Um, which I think, especially coming at it from a, maybe a corporate perspective, we all have meetings, we all have performance reviews, we all have mentors, you have these conversations on a daily basis, you just don't really understand how much it translates. I'm curious, you you still get butterflies before you record? Uh, no, no, not anymore. Maybe the only time I will get butterflies is if I'm recording something that's, you know, kind of live in a sense where it, you don't, you don't, you can't like get a bunch of takes. It's more of like when I, if I interview someone or something like that, it's not like you can just hit stop and say, okay, let's do it again. Like, like this podcast, for example, I wouldn't say I got butterflies before this, but it's like, it would it, it, still like something where you're like, okay, I don't just have a script. I can mess up and I just have to continue and keep going, which is, is the practice. It's different when it's live and it's something you're just talking about. It's not, it's not something I can just 
you know, edit it out if I mess up, which I do. And I will mess up when I, when I make videos all the time still, it's not like I'm just perfect at it and I'll, I'll continue to mess up throughout my career. It, and it's, you, you just have to accept that part of it and just, you know, continue to get better. And there's times when I forget to turn my microphone on, I'll record a whole segment and then realize, Oh, I don't have any audio to go with this, this video. So it's like, then you got to restart. It's like, I've been doing this for 10 years and I'll still randomly make mistakes, make editing mistakes. And, and like you said, David, it was, uh, you got to be open to not just the praise, but also the criticism, especially if you're out, you know, in a public space posting on social media, it's, you'll get, you'll get criticism, like hands down, no matter what, you'll get trolls, you'll get people coming into the comments, but you just got to be okay with it. I, you know, I always say this when I, when I talk with other creators about the criticism and the mean comments and everything, I like, it's, it's one of those that you have to take, you, you just have to assume I, it's like a 12 year old kid commenting on your video or something. You have no idea who this person is that's commenting and why are you putting so much stock in what they say? Now, if it was one of my friends or something saying mean things, then maybe I'd be hurt a little bit, but you know, when it's, when it's just someone like just random on the internet, you, you, you're assuming it's someone that their opinion matters when you need to assume the opposite. You need to assume, oh, their opinion doesn't affect me in, in any way. But you also need to take it with sometimes mean comments have, have some truth to them. Honestly, I've had a lot of good feedback from people that say things in a really mean way, but then I'll think about it and say, oh, you know what? He's making a good point. You just, you just got to be kind of level-headed about it. It's hard. It, it takes, you just, you have to go into it knowing you're going to get negative feedback and you're going to get people, you know, hating on your, your content. Luckily, luckily in the area I'm in, it's not necessarily super controversial in the sense of, I don't get people really like trolling that much anymore. And I have a really solid community and a positive like core behind what I do. So that's, that's always, it's helpful to build that as well. And so you kind of eliminate that toxicity. Do you think Tim, that your ability to, to get through that or, you know, to, kind of put that type of noise to the side has anything to do with athletics, you know, not to throw coaches under the bus, but I think we probably <laughs> all had coaches or, or, or at some point in our life that did deliver negative news, but also obviously deliver positive news at times. And you have to learn to deal with that and say, okay, yeah, I mean, that was negative, but I also can understand, like you said, there's some truth behind some negativity mm -hmm. times that, okay, maybe I, I probably wouldn't have loved, I don't love that delivery, but I understand where he's coming from or she's coming from. Um, so yeah, just curious. Absolutely. I know golf at times can be a very individual sport. So it's, mm -hmm. I know at times it can be tough to get that type of feedback on a more regular basis. Oh, definitely. You know, golf and, and I grew up like you guys playing baseball too. Um, so played baseball and golf in high school, but yeah, okay. same thing where, where, where it would be like, you would get, you'd be like, sorry, you're, you're, you're not, you're going to be benched today because you know, you made these mistakes. You got to do this differently. And it's like, but I specifically remember it was like, an approach I was I was playing shortstop it was like an approach to like the ground ball and I had never done it the way the coach wanted me to and I was just very hard-headed about hey I don't I don't like this this way to field the ball and it was like it turns out he was right he was telling me the correct you know technique to do it I just never had grown up doing it but going back to it it's like you know the more you think about it you know he's yelling at you you got to do it this way you're like ah you know maybe he is right and 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 obviously his delivery might not have been the best. He could have said it in a, you know, nice, you know how it is a little nicer way, but, uh, and with golf, you know, it, golf's a little different because it is so individual. Um, and you can get coach feedback in a sense, like swing coach feedback and, 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 
course management feedback. That's one. If you're, if you're on the course and you're like, Oh, do I go for this par five and and, and two with the water on the right? When your coach is like, don't do that. You know, you're, you're going to put yourself in a bad spot. And I was always the guy that would just go for it. (laughs) And I would just get yelled at by the coach. He's like, I told you not to do that. You know, it sometimes would work out. Sometimes it wouldn't, but I'm, I'm always someone that just loves to, you know, take the risk and, and go for something like that. And, and, you know, the coach, wasn't a big fan, but Hey, it was just me out on the course. Like, you know, it's he's not there, like in your ear yelling at you and telling you what to do. So. Yeah. And I, I, that sounds like up. Joe, sounds like Joe on the golf course. <laughs> Although Joe goes it. like OB every time that no, he's I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to go for it. It's like, no, I'm, I'm laying up for sure. <laughs> David's going for it. David yeah. There we go. There. Always. Uh, but I think it's interesting, Tim, your career path. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but golf, individual sport i think that's why i really love it i think that's why like my brothers we really love it because it's it's you out there at the end of the day it comes on you uh and i think there's a lot of um attractiveness to that in people that i think have played team sports their whole life it's it's something new and different Mm -hmm. your career and you correct me if i'm wrong but for a large portion it's just been you i i'm i don't know if now you have team members that work with you on the side um but when you start it was individual was that something you ever thought about, like being able to be an individual in golf and deal with that type of mental stress that we all know comes with golf? And now your ability to start a company all by yourself and the stresses that come along with it. It just it just seems too good to be true that that's how you started <laughs> your career and how successful yeah. you were in it, that it seems like some type some of the learnings you got from golf carried over and it, it made you the transition probably a little bit easier than it would have for others. Yeah, it's it's a perfect parallel, honestly. Um, whether it come from work aspect, it golf's a lot of you know self motivating, waking up, going to the gym. The coach wasn't always there because of our school schedules, and, and you know playing eighteen holes that's four hours out of your day, so you have to work around that. So the coach wasn't always there at practice, so to speak. Um, self motivating, going to the range, just sitting there for two hours, hitting balls, working on what you need to work on. Cause you could cut that short if you want, wanted to, it's not like anyone's really like watching you and checking to make sure. So it is a lot of self motivating that goes into it. And, and being an individual, you know, there's days when I wake up and I'm like, man, I really don't feel like working today. You're going to have days like that, but you sometimes sometimes you just kind of need to put it together and, and get work done and, and find ways to balance that. So it's not, doesn't just become a job and feel like you're losing your passion and feel like it's something that you don't want to wake up and do every day. Cause I still like, you know, it's, it's Sunday night. I am looking forward to tomorrow because I have some exciting things I'm working on. And it's like, it's nice to not have those Sunday scaries that, you know, some of my friends are talking about. Uh, it's just, but being an individual, yeah, I, I still, it's just me now. Um, occasionally with certain projects, I'll hire, uh, like a, a videographer, um, just like, individual to help with but otherwise no it's just been me this whole time and and it's I think to me I always like it's something about it where I don't necessarily like to rely on other people I I like to be able to you know take care of what needs to be taken care of on my own and then if I do need help I can ask for it but I'd like to know that it's something that I can do on my own and especially with something like content creation it's very individual in the sense of I branded myself. So if I start bringing on team members, I, it it would be a tough balance to keep that authenticity of that self branding. And like, if my videos started to get, I, I can admit that I'm not the best, you know, videographer, editor, 
like in, in the business, not at all. Like I, I've learned up to a certain point and I still have a lot more to learn. That's not my skill set, so to speak. It's a combination of, of everything. And, you know, if I bring on someone to start like high professional production of my videos, my audience might be like, what is this? Like, this isn't the personal touch that that you give to your videos and it's just so different and I can get this somewhere else and it, it makes it a little bit more unique. So sometimes like, you know, a, a lot of people are like, how do I, how do I be successful? I need to buy all this great camera gear. I need to like learn all these things. And sometimes that's not, that's not the case. It's okay to, you know, just record on your iPhone and start there. Cause sometimes the content itself is what people are there for, as opposed to the video production. Cause there are people in the tech space that produce much higher quality videos in the sense of they have full teams. They have, you know, six guys behind the scenes working on the lighting separately, just the lighting guy, the, the sound guy, the it's, it's just so many different aspects, but when it comes down to being an influencer, so to speak, and it's just an individual thing, I like the idea of it being just a solo person. And especially like the content I make, I want to make content that I would watch and something that I would be interested in. And I like, and go watching other people. Like it, I want to get to know them as a person and it feels more individual, which is what I always told. I, I, I had a, a meeting with advertisers at Google's office. They were trying to talk about the benefits of advertising through influencers. This was maybe like four years ago. Um, as opposed to, you know, just commercials and things like that. And it's that personal connection that you get with, your audience and with that specific person creating the content, that's so different than, than you get anywhere else. Because, you know, I, I have, you know, fans and, and people that comment on my videos regularly and I communicate with them and build the community and you have a full community behind what you're doing. And it's just so, it's so personal. And that, I think that's what keeps them coming back. Whereas if I start to get too bad and not, not saying that at some point I'm, I'm going to hire someone that's been on the radar for sure. But, but it's, it's always a balance of how, how do you train them correctly so that you don't lose uh, the, the specific look and feel that you're going for. I, I, so on that point, like you had to acquire a certain level of skills to be able to video edit, to slice things together, audio, video, like it, it, it actually like oddly gets very complicated very quickly. Like, <laughs> yeah, first of all, like, how do you go about the process of like, okay, I'm going to dive in and acquire these skills. And then once you do, how do you go through the process of like, I'm going to balance like authenticity versus like professional level quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that great question. Cause I'm always someone that if I get a product and it has like an assembly guide or a manual, I'll just throw that to the side and just try and do it without any instruction or anything like that. So that's kind of how I did it. I just dove into it. I, you know, installed a video like uh, editor and just threw edit, like film some clips, threw it in the editor and just started. And then it, as I ran into problems and, and questions that I had throughout the process, then I would, you know, go to YouTube and just look up some tutorials and figure out exactly what I needed to do. And it's, it's a never, that that is a never ending like learning process. Cause there's always something new you can learn, always new techniques you can do. Um, it's, it's a it's fun to a point. I would say editing is probably my least favorite part about what I do in a sense. So it's it's one of those where there's times when I'm just like, all right, I created the video, I'm good, I'm done, and then you're like, oh no, I have to go back and edit it all together, and it, it's it can be a pain sometimes, admittedly. So that might be an option of someone I hire just to you know chop up the video and edit it together. But it's uh, 
it's fun. It's a good learning process, but I'm yeah, definitely just, you know, trial, make mistakes, go and, and find that, find the solution as I'm doing it. Tim, I, I think taking it back uh, just to the beginning, I guess, I know we've touched upon it a, a good bit, but um, just curious, like, yeah, I think we ask this question a lot. Uh, sometimes it's, it's, you know, the last question, this isn't the last question, but sometimes it is, but Tim, 11 years ago, you're holding that first piece of tech or, you know, the, uh, you know, a phone or Android in your hands, you know, what would you change anything looking back and you know, do things differently? Uh, I mean, again, it's, you're very successful in it. So I, I can't imagine there's much, but I, at the same time, we all learn different, you know, we learn things that even when you are successful, you probably change things a little bit. I'm just so curious because it had to just be such an interesting moment to say, yeah. I'm going to record here and I'm going to talk about this phone and you have no, you know, who knows if mm -hmm. anybody watches it or, or, you know, it cares at the end of the day. So yeah, I'm curious how, you know, thinking back, if you would change anything. Yeah. I, you know, I always think back and wish I was thinking bigger in a sense of the scale of where the influencer space has had, has gone. I, I admittedly, I had a, you know, didn't have a large of a scale of, of, how big this was going to get. I knew there, there was growth in an area of opportunity. I just had no idea the creator economy, so to speak, would, would grow to the levels that it has. And I wish I did because then I could have accurately put in, worked on different aspects of the business, so to speak. Um, I, there isn't much I, I would change just because I'm just so happy with how things have gone. And I, I like I said, feel so grateful yeah. that I've built this community and everything. And, and, the best part is it's, you know, it's your own business and you can take advantage of that any way you want. You can work a hundred hours a week. If you want, you can work 10 hours a week. If you want, there's, there's consequences to it, but it's, it, to me, I don't see a point of owning your own business. If you don't take advantage of owning your own business and working for yourself, because, you know, being able to take off days when I just don't feel like working or, you know, spending time with your family, those are the, those are, that's way more valuable to me than, you know, yep. than necessarily a higher paycheck, so to speak, or, or things like that. Just the, the freedom that comes with it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy with the path. I went on. I'm really happy with, uh, I think a lot of people lose at least newer influencers, so to speak. They need to bring forth professionalism in what they do in a sense of um, I've just from hearing through other PR reps experiences, working with other influencers, they have problems with people not emailing back in a timely way. Um, mm -hmm. They have problems with them, not, not accurately like portraying content, just, just different things and, and not showing up, not answering their phone when they need to things that just come with, you would think running a business, right. But they don't have anyone over their shoulders saying, Hey, make sure you email this person back. Hey, make sure yeah. you get this content done on time. Just stuff like that, that I hear is a constant problem. And it, it just goes back to, you know, you need not just the skill of being creative and, and filming and editing. You also need that business side of showing up for meetings and, and being there. So um, really pleased that I, it was kind of out of my comfort zone. Cause like you said, you, you kind of need public speaking in so many different areas. It, it, or was it Chris that said that 
um, either way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's so true. You, you, yeah. you, when I was going into these meetings, not only was I really awkward because, you know, I was 19 in Vegas, couldn't even get into the, the post party <laughs> events or anything. Cause they, cause I was 21, but you know, sitting it's probably better meetings. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's like, I was really awkward in those meetings, but you know, yeah going to them and, and just doing it get, makes you more and more comfortable with every meeting. And it, it's, I'm happy I put in the work early on. That's, that's kind of the biggest takeaway I get is that I put in those hours early and sure. it has built that foundation yeah. that I can work on now. No, so, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to just say, I appreciate just the fact that, you know, you're like that you didn't, you wouldn't change anything, but yeah. also, <laughs> no, cause yeah, I mean, why would you? I, and then there's yeah. like, just there's, because I think that's interesting. Those points of the professionalism is that those are kind of your takeaways that you would you know, transmit or, or you know send out to the other folks uh, who are mm -hmm. just starting this. Exactly. Oh, so, so I think there's like this probably point in anyone where they like look at someone like you and they're like, I want to be there, right? Like I want to be a YouTube influencer. I I'm very interested in this thing, and if I could just build up to half a million followers, you know, whatever. And and so, in spirit of this podcast, where you like were a college athlete you were doing this thing on the side i think you were also working at like a what was the side it was like a grocery store or a arcade a or bowling alley but a bowling alley that's what it was where you were yep. deciding so so you were like you were doing all of these things and so you know i think there's this like imposter syndrome slash like passion thing that you have to play out like how did you balance at times i imagine you felt crazy for what you were doing and you had to still like upkeep the reality of life of paying your way through college like how did you balance both of those and mm -hmm. and then like deciding to make that plunge and like I think I can make my passion become the thing that supports what I have to do you know yeah mm -hmm. that makes sense um first of all well done on the stocking Chris that's uh, <laughs> I'm impressed <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm really, no. I'm really bummed that I, I missed on but the funny thing was I was listening to like something previous that you did at a grocery store. So that's why got I it. Ah, got it. So that close. makes sense. Yeah. Chris, no, that's, that's Chris, a great I example. Got a more. I got a pull. Yeah. More. You're not the first person to tell Chris he's really good at stalking. So, ah, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> right. Yeah. My hands uh, are just sitting right here. That's, that's yeah. Funny. Okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So th that's a good example. I mean, it's so funny because, you know, at the time working at the bowling alley in college, cause you know, I was paying my way through school to had to, had to have some income coming. This was when I started making money through YouTube. It wasn't necessarily a lot of money, but it started to grow and grow. And I, I went in to get a raise at the bowling alley. And at the time I was making seven fifty an hour and I wanted to make $8 an hour at the bowling alley. And he only gave me a 25 cent raise. And I was like, okay, I quit. And because that was just the balance of it. It was like, you know, I, I guess this will be my choice if he gives me this raise. And thankfully he didn't, because then it's like, okay, you know what? That's going to free up, you know, hours of my week to, to just translate to this. And that was, that was it though. I, I took those hours that I was working at the bowling alley and dedicated it to working on, you know, the, the, the videos and the business and, and, and it was like dedicating that time and that self-motivation is what, you know, really grew. grew. And um, can you refresh my memory? What was the second part of, the, of that question? 
so, so I think it's also like the, the, the imposter syndrome, like kind of oh, yeah. thing, right? Because like you, you have teammates, you have other friends in college where like, you're like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing before it was an actual thing to which I, I, I imagine some people are like, all right, good luck, bud. You know, yeah. kind of uh-huh. like, how'd you keep persevering through that? It, it was a lot of, you know, funny, it was impossible to explain to someone what you did and what you did for work. Um, up until, you know, the past few, three, four years, it's gotten a lot better. You can just say, I am a YouTube influencer and people know what that is. But before that, it was impossible to explain to anyone. And there were times when it would become such a long conversation. Like if I was in an Uber or something, they'd ask what I do. I just say like accountant or something so that I like, it just was so drawn out. Like if I was tired after a flight or anything like that, but yeah, you know, definitely like imposter syndrome absolutely especially at the beginning going to those meetings doing just like going into something that you had no clear path you were just doing it and seeing you know the results if you were to get people watching your content or not um and it's 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 one of those where you, you focus on just making sure you enjoy doing what you're doing that's the biggest thing is that if, if at the core, you're not really enjoying the content that you're making, you're because it, if it's unsuccessful, at least you can take away that you had fun and you, you know, it was something you enjoyed doing. But um, for sure, I remember being in actually my PR class, the uh, president of Judson University, where I, uh, where I graduated from, he teaches one class every semester. And luckily he was teaching uh, PR at the time, which is what I, I work with PR, you know, people all the time just to communicate with the companies. They, they hire PR firms or they have in-house PR, but either way he was actually, it was really cool being in that class. Cause he saw what I was doing and saw at the time I had a video that had, you know, like 5 million views or something like that. And he saw that and was like, wow, this is ridiculous. And he, he was like, you should come, you know, come up here and start teaching this class. Cause he saw the future of what was, you know, how it was growing. He knew what I was doing and we related really well to it because he like legitimized it, so to speak, you know, he kind of eased that imposter syndrome of, you know, this is actually a real thing and something that I can, I can do seriously. And it's, uh, it, it was great. Not only that, um, but getting, a lot what's the most fulfilling to me is the the community aspect and the and the feedback that you get from other people um i've had you know i've had times when i've been out and people will come up to me and say hey are you are you tim schofield i've seen your videos like i i mostly just positive experiences with people coming up and 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 you know talking to me and i've had i've had um like a grandma come up to me with her her grandson and she's like hey my grandson watches your videos i always have to sit there with him while he's on the internet to make sure he's like you know he was younger and she's like but i love your videos it was like it's just so cool because you don't know exactly who's watching your videos i've had you know i've had people say that um a guy and his brother, his brother was in chemo. And while they were sitting there, they were watching my videos. And it's just like, you hear these and you don't think about stories like that with, with like the, who's actually watching your videos. I've gone to, we did a tech a media tech hosted a, a meetup, a fan meetup in India. And, and there were like a hundred people from India that came to this fan meetup at, at just this restaurant that they had rented out and got to meet you know, a hundred people that I would have no idea like who they were or cause they're on the other side of the world. It's just, it, through that, it's very fulfilling knowing that you have people wanting more out of your content and they're, they're gaining something out of it. It's not just you, like it, you wouldn't be there without them. You have to, like, it's just, you have to always have that in the top of your head. So 
that eases the imposter syndrome quite a bit as you go through it, just knowing that you're not only doing it for yourself, there's other people that are, that are getting benefit out of the content that you're creating. I, I'm curious because we've, we've talked a lot about the path getting there, and I know we touched upon it a little bit at the start that you know, you've been doing this for over a decade, but over the last four or five years, it seems like this is just blown up to new heights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many different services from different platforms are coming up. Everyone is creating content. Everyone is building their own brand online. And maybe even with the athletic aspect, the introduction of NIL and, and yeah. everyone really looking to capitalize on content that they create, partnerships that they forge. Looking forward, how do you see the, we'll just call it the creator or the content creator community going and, you know, just get a few thoughts on, you know, how, like, how do you continue to be a mainstay in this with mm-hmm. so many people just jumping yeah. in? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. I wish I knew the answer. I mean, I have, I have an idea, but you know, it, it who would have thought that vertical video would have taken off as much as it has, you know, Google had a whole campaign where it's like, turn your phone when you record video and record in landscape. And it's like, who would have thought TikTok would have came along and just taken over that short form video. And now YouTube's on their heels with their shorts, trying to scramble and and keep up with it. Same with reels on Instagram. So it's, it's, it's always changing and it's good to keep, stay, keep out for it. But I, I always warn people about diluting their brand. If they're starting to focus on too many different platforms at once, it can, it can be overwhelming and you can start to, luckily you have shorts where it's like, I can film a 60 second vertical video and post it on all three at the same time. So you have that option, but I, you know, going forward, I it's at least in the tech space, it's, it's a good area to be in because there's always new technology coming out. I, I don't just see myself as like an influencer, so to speak. You can also see it as like a, not, I don't want to say journalist, but someone that's reporting. Cause I, you know, go to all the press briefings with journalists and, and report on what, what comes out when it comes out. And uh, so luckily I have that side, you know, that base level where it's, it's always, you know, there's always going to be things to capture content on, but in terms of the space, I really, I really do think that, um, it it's it's interesting because it's grown so much and it's it's now like you said everyone is creating content it, it it's so much harder to get into into becoming popular or creating a brand i think you're going to start to see larger brands grow exponentially and it's unless 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 they start pushing what what TikTok has done is made it easier for discovery so uh if you're someone like i have a TikTok i don't post i don't tell anyone about my tiktok i just have one for fun and i post on it not telling not giving a link or sharing the username or anything and the amount of views i get on some of the videos is is strange (laughs) it's because youtube was never like that the discovery for new content creators is very high so it's i foresee it being like that but i don't know how sustainable that is because again at the end of the day the content is eventually going to need to be monetized by these platforms and and the cre- the content creator needs to be mon- like uh you know paid at the end of the day. So what's uh, you know this is obviously just conjecture. I I don't know if this is actually going to end up happening, but it's much harder to work for companies and brands to work with new content creators than it is more content creators that have been in the space because they've built that trust with with different companies and such. So, you know, 
while you can get popular and, and, and grow quicker and get a lot of views and stuff, it's much harder to monetize it. If you're on, if you're on TikTok, I I've seen, you know, fellow content creators, they don't necessarily make a lot. It's, it's much harder to monetize. That's why everyone tries to YouTube's the golden goose of, you know, platforms in, in terms of, you know, how to monetize it. They, they treat their content creators well. they, they have revenue sharing opportunities and TikTok people will have millions of views and not make like any money from it because they don't have a very good revenue sharing program. So unless that changes, it's much harder to stay su sustainable and grow because, you know, obviously, unless you want to do it, you, you can do it full time, but if you're not making, turning it into a business and making money, it's much harder to sustain over the long run. So I do think that there is value in the kind of legacy, so to speak, uh, people that have been around for a while and have built those brands going forward. Um, it, it, luckily, you know, new content creators are, are, are emerging, so to speak. And I, I'm obviously in kind of the tech bubble in terms of what I see, but it's it's harder. I don't see like there's people that are very creative and good, good at what they do, but they lack that kind of business side of it where they're very good at posting, but like going back to it, they're, they're not consistent. They don't, they don't work well with the brand, so to speak. And, and, and it's hard. I haven't seen too many younger tech content creators stick around long-term. It's, it's not as it used to like be a lot more people were growing and growing and growing, but for some reason with tech, I've noticed that it's, it, it's a grind, you know, especially nowadays, it's much harder to grow and grow. And everyone has their tipping point of how long can I create content and it not take off or grow before I give up. Right. And since it's boomed so much, I foresee, you know, a kind of a drop off in, you know, what's that lifespan is of, of these channels that aren't monetizing it. They, they, they can't do it full time unless they really love what they're doing. Then it's different, which is why the core needs to be you love what you do. Otherwise, you're just going to it's just going to fall off and you're going to get bored of what you're doing. Yeah, my takeaway is be authentic and pair it with business knowledge. Exactly. Professional. Exactly. Yep. Love it. Chris, uh, I know, uh, Tim, I appreciate it. I know we'll, we'll wrap it up after this because I know we're getting late. I appreciate your time. But oh, I no worries. Chris yeah, I love talking some, about this stuff. <laughs> Chris has got some rapid fire tech questions that he was uh, hitting us up with earlier. I'm pretty interested. Tim, in, in, true, in true techie fashion, we have yeah. to do at least five question rapid fire. And if I go <laughs> okay. to six, you can't judge me on it. All right, ready? Yes. <laughs> Let me just like peel back the book here. So, Oh, boy. And if, you, and if you have to plead the fifth, just go ahead and plead the fifth because, you know, you do <laughs> okay. have a business to run. iPhone or Android? Android. Last messaging application that you used to text message or do a message other, like whatever it was. iMessage. iMessage, very good. Last social site that you used? Twitter. That's just perfect. Edit button on Twitter, yes or no? No. Why? Uh, it's it's <laughs> just it, it makes it feel like a different social media site in a sense. It's kind of like a Facebook where you can edit it, and it just it kind of changes the the aspect of it. Fair. Pay for blue check mark? Yes or no? I pay for it, but I'm gonna cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask why, but I'm not going to because I already I already use use my why. Um, <laughs> Chat GPT, so AI, AI chat messaging, using that mm. in your content creation or no? No. Do Losing authenticity. I, maybe, maybe I'll give it a test and see what it comes up with for research purposes. 
Would you be willing to do a video on researching AI chat? Yeah. Or content creation? For sure. That would it's be interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, AI, it's, it's always behind the scenes stuff, but it's, in, it's being implemented in so many things now. Like even the processors yeah. that they're coming out with now, every single core has an AI like chip that's, you know, controlling what's going on and they're all implementing these features. I, I think it's like super interesting because coming from like a product marketing perspective, uh, it's not right, but it's like a good guide. And you're also like, it's kind of a game where like, how can I game the system? So they're like, I'm just mm-hmm. an open it, or I, they, it chat GPT is like, <laughs> I'm just an open language, like processor. And you're like, okay, so let, can I present you a hypothetical situation? And it's like, yes. And you're like, okay. Imagine I was a product marketer in the technology space working for this company that does this and you can like lay out this scenario and yeah. I, there's a lot of stuff that you throw away, but um, there's also a lot of stuff that you could like bring in and, and there's good like scenario testing and like load testing that's happening with it. So um, what do you think about the like the, I guess my last question that's very not rapid fire, but what do you think <laughs> about the AI space in general for you and your job? I think it's something that hasn't even come close to the peak or where where mm-hmm. it's going to really start changing how things are 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 done in a sense the automation that the potential automation is there and i i think it's great uh, obviously there's there's you know ethical questions that start to come up when when you're implementing ai on things and that's yeah. you know that's a whole another conversation that that we can we can get into but it's it's interesting and and I think it will it will a, a lot of problems are going to arise from it but it, a lot of solutions will arise from it so to speak right. it'll 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 make your day to day much much easier but the, it takes time it's like the self driving car that's still you know 15 in my opinion like 10 15 years out of of any any real world type of you know use case but uh, or mainstream, I should say. So, but AI is going to be used in that too. So it, it, it's one of those that it's just going to take time and, and keep learning. But then it, it raises the question of what happens when the AI starts to learn from itself. And, you know, is it just going to have a feedback loop of, of it just thinks this is, uh, it, it's, it's a whole interesting space. And I, I would love to, you know, like you said, just really research it and do a full video on it. So I might, I might write that down and, and, and look into that. I got some people. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to go crisp. deep into that process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to add one rapid fire question real quick. First Please thing do. you do when you hit 1 million subscribers. Ooh, good question. Um, I will, I'm going to throw a big party. <laughs> I'm going to send yes. out some invitations um, I, no, I, I think what I'll do is I'll thank everyone, uh, you know, my subscribers and everything I'll, I'll get, you know, I, I understand that I'm not, I'm not here alone. I'm here because of the people that watch the content and, um, I'm excited. And if, if I hit a million, I don't want to assume that it, that it will happen. It's, it's something that I, it will be very fulfilling. It's something that, you know, it's been a, a goal of mine for, this whole time that I've been doing it. So I, I, I think the first thing I'll do is really just kind of sit and reflect on the path and how I got there and, and, and who helped me along the way. Cause realistically, it isn't just me. It's, it's the audience. It's the, the 
friends and family around me that have, you know, helped me and given feedback and, and the support that they've given, you know, my, my wife supporting me and, and the business, knowing I travel quite a bit for work, just, just all those things. I think it's going back, reflecting and making sure to thank the, the, the people that helped me get to where I am. My parents, you know, every, everyone involved, because it wasn't just a me effort. It was, it's definitely like, I know how you say you're, it's like a self-made business, that kind of thing, but it, it it's never that it's always, you know, your support from outside people that have helped you along the way. So that's, that's definitely the first thing. And then I'll throw a party. <laughs> looking forward to that episode when it happens. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to the invites. Cause I know this podcast is going to put you over our, our subscribers. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Make sure you guys subscribe, please. <laughs> we, we will No, for sure. Now, Tim, I, uh, I'll, you know, finish it up, but really appreciate your time. I think, takeaways just quickly for me you know I think one for sure you just you're a genuine guy and your positive attitude and your appreciation for your audience and obviously those that support you I think is uh, an unbelievable message that a lot of people need to hear I think especially nowadays our generation at times can be uh, a very self-looking which I think is a positive at times but we, I think at times we can also um, have a healthy dose of gratitude which I think you certainly Absolutely. do so uh, I love hearing that message and appreciate that but also congratulations on all your success obviously you know again you've had support but at the same time you're the man behind it and I think clearly you've you've done this work and your work ethic is commendable and uh, just taking away some of the learnings like the professionalism that that young folks that are doing this need to take away and it's that combination of like David said creativity but business acumen is yeah I think something that you know a lot like you said a lot of folks aren't necessarily thinking about when they're getting into this space uh, you know and I thought was super interesting with the TikTok uh, in particular that yeah, you might have these 10 million subscribers, but that's not necessarily translates into to revenue for exactly. yourself. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the content you have needs to have some meat behind it. It needs to actually deliver a product and actually be, you know, useful from an economic stance. Um, because while I'm just as guilty as the next person of uh, watching dancing videos uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, we need to, to move, you know, that there needs to be something behind it. So mm -hmm. appreciate it, Tim. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Joe, always, always good seeing you. Hopefully see you again in person sometime soon. I'm sure. Uh, David, Chris, great meeting you guys. Thanks for having me on here. I love this podcast. I love the idea of taking, you know, former athletes and, and translating it to how, because, because, you know, sometimes sports was all you, you grew up with and that was your life for so long. And to me, it was, I had no idea what I wanted to do outside of sports. I, I was a kid. I was always like, I'm going to be a pro baseball player. Like, obviously that didn't pan out. So, and it went into golf. So, you know, it's, it's cool to hear from the perspective of, of people like, like you guys and, 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 see your path your story and how you fall into things you become passionate about awesome all right thank you tim no appreciate it boy david chris always a pleasure thanks everybody for listening thanks always guys thanks sam appreciate it yep bye